Welcome to episode 86 of Cowboys Drive for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, and as always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing today? I'm tired, but I'm good. Yep, I'm hanging in there. We've got a uh, dead week and finals week coming up, so it's getting to a busy time of year for me. So just need to get these through these next few weeks and get to relax for a little while. Yeah, it's the holidays. It's busy time at work for me, so it's it's a it's a stressful time. But you know, I, I I'd rather be stressful and, and employed than than not stressful and unemployed. So. Yeah, that's understandable. All right, so we'll we'll jump right in. We got an interview coming up here in a, momentarily, but before that, uh, Philip wants to take the time for a, a public service announcement to all these Oklahoma, mm. to all you Oklahoma State fans out there. Uh, Philip, you have the floor. Go on ahead. All right, let's just everyone together. I want you to to just. Close your eyes unless you're driving and keep your eyes open. Just take a deep breath in. And then exhale. Take a deep breath in. And then exhale. And calm the hell down. Enough with the message board, fan, paranoia, ridiculous nonsense about the football team. Mike Gundy's not retiring after the bowl game. If I see one more person mention, I heard yada, yada, yada. If I see one more thing, well, a guy I go to class with at OSU says that that Spencer Sanders is going to transfer all of you. Calm down. Take a heavy dose of reality and chill out. I realize this is a weird year for OSU. Six and six. Not great. A lot of guys transferring or going to the NFL early. It's not what OSU is used to. But a lot of rumors flying around about what the locker room is like. It's fine. Calm down and stop. Because right now everyone looks at it as a as a whole picture. Rough season. Gundy seems grumpy. All these players are living up. Five guys transferring out. Everything must be wrong. The program is coming apart. Things are horrible. Or you could just stop, take a breath, stop overreacting to the big picture, and actually break things down one by one. Jalen McCleskey is gone. He wasn't happy. So be it. For whatever reason, he's decided to transfer to Tulane, which is where, I believe his father is the wide receiver coach, or his uncle? His dad is a defensive backs coach. His dad is literally a coach at Tulane, and that's where he wants to go play his final season. Okay. J.D. King decided to transfer to Georgia Southern. J.D. King had been pushed back to the basically the third string and was going to be the second string last year. If J.D. King wants to be the starter, that's not going to happen at OSU. He's behind Chuba. He was behind Justice. So if he wants to be the guy, it wasn't going to happen at OSU, so he transferred. What else we got? Uh, Tabo Moniki? He got bumped down the chart by freshman. Yeah. Like, he started games last year, and it and it, guess what? We have more talented guys on the roster. So he got bumped back. He didn't like that. He decided to transfer. Okay. Uh, John Kohler. Are we going to be mad about John Kohler leaving? Previous four-star recruit. Never even sniffed a backup role. Oh, but, we, you know, he's transferring like all those other guys. Darian Daniels is going to graduate and transfer to Nebraska to play with his brother. Do you know how many grad transfers we get here? Do you think Michigan or Kansas or Illinois fans all lose their freaking minds because someone graduated and transferred to go somewhere else? He wants to go play with his brother, fine. 
if you put it all together and you look at the season and your dissatisfaction, the fact you don't like corn dog and you hear all these rumors around campus because everyone knows somebody who knows somebody who once picked up a football defensive back player's towel, like calm the down. Everything is fine. Is it perfect? No. Does Gundy need to adapt to the new way that things are in college football? Does he need to grasp the fact that complaining about players transferring is hypocrisy, is hypocritical? When he's thrived on having grad transfers come to Oklahoma State, they were one of the first universities to really utilize graduate transfer players to make an impact and then go off to the NFL, and now he's complaining because other players are doing it? Sure. Is that a problem? Yeah, he needs to quit being a grumpy old man. He's going to turn into old Bill Snyder and barking at clouds. But as far as the state of the program, calm down. Like, calm down. Get off the message boards. Go outside. See the sun. DM someone on Instagram. I don't care. Just, just, just calm down. Okay. And that goes to our writers in the Slack chat. Chill out. Oh, man. We that are was, supposed to the be the grown-ups. The grown-ups. Calm down. Calm down. Focus on basketball season if you're that upset. Mike Boynton is doing a great job. This is a fun and entertaining team. They're not great, but they're good. Recruiting is going very well. Take a deep breath. Find something to be positive about, like basketball. Or the fact that baseball is coming up soon. Or that it's Christmas and you're going to get presents. Or that it's going to be New Year's and that's always a drunken load of fun. And just relax. Okay? For your own safety. For your own sanity. And for mine. Chill. Yeah, I think the latter part of that of sanity is the most important part of all this. But no, you make a great point. Uh, that I kind of had the same thought. It's one of those that I am too cynical to not think where there's smoke, there's fire. But in this case, it's a bunch of BS. But then I'm also too realistic to go, okay, come on. Like that's it's it's ridiculous to to think about all of these things and that the sky is falling and the program's falling. But it's easy to have these kind of thoughts after a six and six season. If Oklahoma State went ten and three, no one would give a damn right now. Sure, sure. And we're not used to this kind of stuff. Like twenty fourteen no. there were there were points of, of injuries, a bad offensive line, and no run game, and you pointed to that and went, That's what happened in twenty fourteen and we the, the season was saved because it ended on a high note. If OSU beats TCU, everyone shuts up. But because they mm-hmm. look so bad against all the awful teams and no one liked Taylor Cornelius and there's kids transferring and, and there's all these rumors and things flying around, like, look, you just came off of a, of, a, of a program that won 10 games three years in a row, lost its best wide receiver, starting quarterback who's now in the NFL, had a bunch of guys leave on, on defense. You brought in a new defensive coordinator with a completely different defensive scheme. You had no vocal leaders on the field. Your quarterback's not a vocal leader. Like It's just, it's a perfect storm of this is what happened. They haven't recruited as well as Gundy likes to think. If you want to point to recruiting, they usually get fine guys and, and develop them. And they've, they've kind of had some busts. That's why you see Tabo, who was starting last year and got pushed behind true freshmen. They didn't recruit as well or they didn't develop. Like, it's fine. But I mean, Casey Dunn is leaving. Mike Gundy's going to retire after the bowl game. Spencer Sanders is going to transfer. Like, all of this stuff. Just just relax. Re- relax. Just because someone on a message board says something doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. It's a message board. 
It's like going to the comments on a Facebook post and assuming everyone on there knows what they're talking about. They're just talking because they think people will care about their opinion and they want people to care about their opinion and they want to stir the pot. Just be smarter than that. I think most of you are. You just forget to be sometimes. Very good point. Like I said, if, if Oklahoma State won 10 games this year, we wouldn't be having this conversation in the slightest. But because everything the everything went wrong or that could have gone wrong did, uh, everyone wants to try and point fingers and find, you know, I understand trying to find, you know, some sort of rationalization, but it's just not rational. I understand trying to point to something, but that it's just ridiculous to go in the direction that some people have. And like I said, I kind of get it because I'm a cynic, but I also am a realist and I know that what people are thinking are just not realistic. Look. If they come out next year and are awful again and more kids are transferring and, and things sound bad and they're struggling again and they, they stay p- undisciplined and and there's just issues at quarterback. Look, if next year's bad, if they go 6-6 six and six next year, okay, we have a problem. But, right. But one example a trend does not make. Exactly. Okay. One year is not a trend. That is just... I, it's it's a crummy year. We're going to the Liberty Bowl. They can end on a high note. They probably won't, but that's fine. You know, like Oklahoma State is the kind of program that should not have been able to sustain the level of success that it has for the last thirteen years. Right. Great blue blood programs don't do this well. Oklahoma State has the ninth longest active bowl streak in the country. Oklahoma State does. Florida State just had theirs end. It happens to everyone. Bad years happen. I'm like, there's Alabama, Ohio State, and that's about it. Those are the only ones that don't ever have bad years. And then maybe OU. Texas was bad for a decade. USC is hot garbage this year. It's fine. Okay. I know we don't. OSU has gotten to the point where they're not used, we're not used to having bad seasons. I was not an OSU fan when they were god-awful. There's old fans now that are like, oh, you think this is bad? You guys won. We used to be Kansas. Like, it's fine. You should be passionate, and you should expect um, a high level of play, and you should have high expectations for this team. Absolutely. You should. That's fine. But They've the, given us reason to have high expectations. But, but stop, like, trying to play connect the dots like you're – Try, oh, there's not some grand conspiracy going on. Just relax. It's fine. I just think oh. of the meme for, of a Charlie Day. With yes. a, it's always sunny in Philadelphia standing yes. in front of the, the board with all the connecting the dots. That's that's Oklahoma, that's Oklahoma State message boards and Twitter right now. <laughs> Heck, it's our Slack chat. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, ridiculous. You just you just gave me a great – I just gave myself a great idea for a tweet. So this is going to be go. great after the check, – check for that one in a little bit. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm going to get our guest in. All right. Awesome. Yeah, we have an interview coming up with Dustin Resnick. Uh, he covers Houston Athletics, and we're going to talk about the big uh, matchup on Saturday uh, in Stillwater. All right, so Philip and I are joined tonight by Dustin Rensink of the Scott and Holman podcast covering Oklahoma, coming Houston Athletics, yeah. kind of the Oklahoma State equivalent here. Uh, Dustin, how are you doing tonight? Thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Good to be talking to you all. Yeah, I just had to ask. So your show is the Scott and Holman podcast. W- which one are you? Uh, I'm neither Scott nor Holman. Scott and Holman are two, uh, 
streets which intersect near uh, the U of H, a lot of the U of H athletics buildings and are two of the uh, historic streets in Houston's third ward, which is home to the University of Houston. Okay. That clears right, cool. that, Good to know. that mystery up. Thank you. Hey, you learn something new every day. <laughs> so Oklahoma State and Houston facing off at Stillwater on Saturday. Uh, I actually think this is a really good game. Uh, obviously, it's a good opportunity for both teams to get a quality win and just to have a quality game on the schedule. Um, what are How are Houston fans feeling about this game on Saturday? I think Houston fans are feeling pretty good right now. Uh, the team got to uh, the tournament and won a game for the first time in uh, many, many years last year and uh, lost Rob Gray and Devin Davis, kind of two of our key players off of last year's team. But I think this team, what it lacks in star power, it has in depth. It's a much deeper team uh, ever since Kelvin Sampson has come to U of H just every year. It seems like the roster gets deeper and deeper as he's able to do more and more things in recruiting. So uh, with the team playing uh, playing well, they're 7-0 and so far. I think Cougar fans are feeling pretty good and you know, realistic that going into uh, going on the road to play a, a team like Oklahoma State is no easy task. But uh, so far, things have been going pretty well. So hoping to see that continue. Right, so just for our listeners here uh, that may not watch too much Houston basketball, I, I was able to watch the game uh, last week when they played Oregon and a pretty solid win. Um, what are you, you know, who are some players to watch for on Saturday that may give Oklahoma State some fits? I think the two guys you got to start with are Corey Davis and Armani Brooks. Uh, both of those guys are big volume shooters from outside, and they both shot over 40% last year. So uh, it's just two guys that, you know, as soon as they're in the building, basically, they are uh, they are within range, and you got to have a, a hand up on them. So those guys are both capable of uh, putting up some big numbers. And then a really interesting guy to watch is going to be Dejan Giroux, who uh, is a transfer that came in, was a top 100 recruit out of high school, had a pretty good season as a freshman at UMass, transferred down to Houston and the coaching staff since they got his commitment as a transfer, has just been talking him up really, uh, really big. He looked pretty good in the first game of the year and then got suspended for an unspecified team violation. And his second game as a Houston Cougar will be uh, the one against y'all on Saturday up in Stillwater. So uh, we were really excited to see him play. Like I said, looked good, pretty good game one. So I'm curious to see what he'll be able to do uh, game two after that suspension. So Oklahoma State fans are very familiar with the name Kelvin Sampson, especially if you followed the basketball program for a while. This will be his first trip back to Stillwater since two thousand and the 2005-2006 season, which is just a trip down memory lane. Um, how do how do Houston fans feel about, about Kelvin Sampson as the head coach? What kind of job is he doing there so far? Um, pretty much he walks on water, I think is about where, uh, where we're at. I mean, he took over a program that, I mean, like we said, just hadn't been relevant since five slam Um, and he, you know, took over a facility that was, you know, was, was out of date. We'll say we'll be, would be putting it politely, uh, took over five scholarship players when he got there, probably one or two of whom were actually good division one, uh, basketball players. And uh, year one was kind of a wash, but then you've just seen the progress every year since then as the team has gotten better and better. And like I said, you know, he's has the team relevant again. And, you know, it, it helps that uh, as he got here was as uh, the administration was starting to take basketball seriously as they a few years ago opened up a brand new development center, uh, kind of practice center, and then uh, just opened up their brand new arena with the Oregon game um, this past Saturday. So uh, it's been it's a really, really good time to be a Cougar basketball fan, both in terms of you know, you went from one of the most outdated facilities in the country to a beautiful brand new facility. And then also Kelvin Sampson is like, I mean, like I said, he's, the team has gotten better every year that he's been here. So it's hard to argue with that kind of uh, linear uh, improvement and success. Absolutely. Going to the tournament last year, winning a couple of big games. I remember Rob Gray's a buzzer beater. I believe it was in the Sweet 16 of the round of 32. It was an impressive shot. So 
you can see the kind of talent that he's bringing in there. My question is more about the American Conference as a whole. Uh, you got teams like Wichita State and UConn and SMU. You know, been you know consistent basketball programs. How is Houston shaping up? Do you think against the rest of the conference? I think they're right in that top tier. I mean, they finish. They keep finishing third like every year. They keep every year we get picked to finish like fifth or sixth or seventh, and we end up uh, end up going third. This year is a really interesting uh, year for sure because the top three teams last year. Uh, where Houston, Wichita, and Cincinnati were kind of, you know, a, a tier above everybody else. Cincinnati loses, you know, all but one of their, you know, top four scorers. Wichita lost all but two scholarship players this year. And uh, Houston lost its two best players in Rob Gray and Devin Davis, as I mentioned. So it's a very wide open conference this year. Um, but I I, th- I think Houston is, is shaping up really well. Um, I think I picked them. I'm rarely the guy that's like, uh, I'm, I'm usually more pessimistic about my team than uh, than the kind of the, the national consensus and I was telling anyone who would listen before the season started, we were going to win win the AAC regular season this year. So I think they're doing a real good job. But man, if you look at what uh, you know Penny Hardaway is doing at Memphis, bringing in you know the top recruit in the country for next year, and Wichita State is going to have a down year this year, but uh, expect them to be back. And 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 UConn with Dan Hurley looks like they're on an upward trajectory as well. So I think this is going to continue to be a really really good basketball conference. And I, as as long as uh, you know Kelvin Sampson is in charge, I think Houston will be right in the thick of that. So uh, you were mentioning this is a team that doesn't have stars, has a lot of depth. If you go over the, the stats, you've only got two guys averaging double-digit points, but you've got a lot of guys who seem like they do contribute a lot. As far as, as roles on the team, who would you say is the most important player for Houston? Um, I think the most important player, that's a tough question. I mean, uh, it, it's one of the really fun things about watching the team this year is, is that has been a very... Um, difficult question to answer because it's the, the guy who is the most important player in a given game changes seemingly from uh, from night to night. I mentioned Corey and Armani, uh, Corey Davis, Armani Brooks, the two main scorers. I think Galen Robinson has a good uh, argument for that. He's the point guard, doesn't score a whole lot, um, but is a guy who does a really good job taking care of the ball and is, you know, the floor general. He's a fourth year starter now. Um, and then, you know, you kind of um, pretty much everyone I mentioned up to this point has been a guard. The front court has really been interesting as well because we've got there's just a number of guys there. And it just seems like, you know, one game, you know, said Cedric Alley is a, a redshirt freshman, really excited about it, had a huge game in the the road win at BYU. And then the next two games scored like two points. Uh, you know, and Breon Brady's our senior center, the guy that comes in and, and can do some big things one game and then the next kind of disappears. So I think one of the most important things that can happen in a game is for Houston to get a a, a big game out of one of its forwards and kind of give them that front court backcourt balance because the backcourt is really deep. Um, but I think who en- might end up being the most important player this year is whoever uh, ends up stepping up in that front court, and there's there's a handful of candidates that that could end up being. I, I don't know how All much right. Oklahoma State you've had a chance to watch as of yet, but I am curious if if there's one guy in particular you think has a has a shot to have a really good game against OSU on Saturday. Uh, I haven't. I watched about half of the Charleston game because that happened to be on. That is, I think, all that I've seen of Oklahoma State this year. The thing that scares me, kind of just looking at the numbers as uh, we kind of took took a look at this game, is just that uh, it seems like y'all have some three point shooters on there and. Uh, one thing that Houston really likes to do is uh, is to double. You know, as soon as the ball goes in the post, they they throw a double team at it. Um, and uh, we've seen a lot of big men passing out of double teams. And uh, BYU is doesn't seem like they have a real good three point shooting team this year. They missed a lot of open threes. Uh, same thing kind of happened against Oregon, where they just uh, missed a lot of open shots. And I mean, I do think Houston does a good job of playing, you know, help defense and and making those threes not super super easy. But we've been blessed so far with. Uh, some opponents missing some 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 jumpers that could have 
hurt Houston for doubling the post the way that they do. So that's one thing I'm really a little bit concerned about, probably more than anything heading into this game, is that uh, Oklahoma State might just get hot from outside and and give Houston a hard time on the uh, the defensive end, which has you know been the strength of the team so far this year. Yeah, I'll definitely say Oklahoma State has had some pretty consistent shooters this season with Thomas Azog. We're shooting well over 50% and Mike Cunningham as well. He missed the first few games, but he's hit shooting 55%, I believe, the four games he's played this season. So they, they have consistency, but then again, you know, you can't live by the three and die by it. And we've seen that a few times this season where Oklahoma State has shot themselves out of games or they just have guys that get out there and they think they have the green light and then it just doesn't quite go in all the time or at all. So It'll, it'll make for an interesting game, and especially if Oklahoma State, they have the depth inside, but it's young. So I'm if they go ahead and double the post, I have a feeling that your and Contravious Jones could be in, in some major trouble uh, down on the post. Yeah, Houston's kind of had that same thing. The Houston likes to throw shoot up a lot of threes as well. Um, so we've had some games where uh, that, that's worked out really well and things look really good. You know, a three-point shooting team looks really, uh, really hard to play when the threes are falling. Um, and then we've had a couple games like the Oregon game, even though we did win that game. Um, I think we, Armani Brooks really went off in that game from the outside. After, everyone out that wasn't him went three for 22 as a team in that game. So certainly it can kind of come and go. The good thing about you know what we've seen under Kelvin Sampson is it seems like every year the team plays better defense. Every year the team is even tougher and more tenacious on uh, on the offensive glass. And those things have been there again this year. So even though we've had a couple games, the UTRGV game, well, that was a game that should have been close but ended up being real close. Um, because the Houston Houston just wasn't hitting shots in that one. So that does kind of come and go, but that's been one benefit is just seeing that the defensive effort is there every game and the rebounding is there every game, and that can ba- bail you out of some games even when the shots aren't falling as much as you'd like. Yeah. All right, so this is the last question we got for you, and we'll get you out of here. Thank you once again for coming on, but give us a prediction for this game. How are you think it's going to end up? I, I'm going to assume you're going to take Houston in this game, but uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you got on Saturday. Yeah, I think this was one is going to be uh, be real close. Uh, Houston hasn't really had uh, a close game against a good team yet, so it'll be interesting to see how they do uh, in that uh, sense. The BYU game, they took a pretty big lead early second half and kind of cruised. Uh, Oregon game took a huge lead early and then just kind of let it slowly bleed away, but ended up holding on. And the other five games have all kind of been against cupcakes. So I think this is going to be the most competitive game from start to finish that Houston has had yet this year. Like I said, I am concerned about um, you know Oklahoma State hitting some shots from outside. So... So far, Houston's been able to keep every opponent that they've faced under 70 points. I think if they can do that again, that'll be quite an accomplishment on Saturday. And I think it'll probably be right around that range. Uh, and I like Houston to win something like, we'll say, you know, 74 to 68. Fair. I think it's a fair uh, prediction. Um, I think the scoring range is about right. I think the question is is just which team which team gets the, nice, the most stops and, and, and which one gets hot from outside. Because it sounds like Houston does a good job from the perimeter as well. So I do think... Man, I do think this is going to be a fun game to watch. If if both teams can can hit shots and 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 man, that's going to be a fun one. I'm excited on Saturday. I am too. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Oklahoma, or I'm not gonna take Oklahoma State in this game. I think it's gonna be close. I think they're gonna be able to play well, especially if the crowd is good. Now the weather's looking kind of dicey on Saturday, so I don't know how great the crowd is going to be outside of students. So that could play a huge factor in it. But if if there's a decent crowd around eight thousand or more, I feel decent. But I still I'm gonna take Houston in this game. You know, I kind of right around what you you said, Dustin. I'm going to take probably like 75 to 66, something like that. Um, but even if Oklahoma State does lose this game, Joel Lenardi will still look at it as a quality loss, so that'll still look good for our tournament <laughs> chances. So I'll, uh, I'll t- we'll take that one. I've made that joke way too many times on this podcast, but I'm going to keep doing it because it's just some <laughs> weird logic. Just keep hitting that dead horse. Just keep eating it. Might as hey, well, man. It's the James Dickey Classic. We should play this game every year. It's a good game. Oh, it looks good on both of our schedules. Yes. 
James Dickey class. They, that is, there we go. Man, we got Kelvin Sampson talking. We're talking <laughs> James Dickey. Man, let's just, just throw this podcast right back to the early 2000s, man. <laughs> Dustin, man, you have been fantastic. We really appreciate you coming on. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, if anyone's interested in checking out your podcast, where can they do that? Yeah, uh, you, anywhere you uh, download podcasts, you can just search Scott and Holman podcast uh, on there. We do spell podcast P-A-W-D uh, cast because we like puns. Or you can also go to soundcloud.com slash Scott and Holman and you can find us there. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. It was very insightful, and I'm sure our fan base—they're as excited as you guys are. I'm going to assume. So this is going to be a—it's going to be a fun one on Saturday. And once again, thank you for coming on. Yes, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, guys. That was nice. It was a pleasure to have him on. Um, I think there's some good insight ahead of this Saturday's game. I do think this is a big game. This is one of the bigger ones, not just on the schedule, but this is the outside of South Carolina, and even that's questionable. I mean, this is the marquee non-conference home game because all the other ones nebraska minnesota their neutral site you know memphis was a was and villanova were a neutral site so as as far as the home schedule goes this is the best non-conference home game i I don't think south carolina is very good this year i think i think houston's better Uh, and this is an opportunity for a for what i think is a really good win um i think osu can win i think it's a bit of a toss-up uh i think i might lean houston like you guys but I I'm excited to watch it. I think it will be a good a good game, and I would I would really hope for a good crowd for this one. You know, it's football season's over. Other than the bowl game, it's time for people to to jump on the basketball bandwagon. I think a win, and, and obviously we're recording this on Wednesday, so they're they're just playing the Tulsa game. We haven't we won't have a conclusion, but I think they can get the win over Tulsa, coming off a win against a good Houston team. I think there's a chance to really uh, to, to really build some momentum. Yeah, this could definitely be a statement win for this team, especially going into the back half of the non-conference schedule, heading into conference at the end of the month. This could be a huge game for this team moving forward. But I, like I said, I just think Houston's too good. Uh, I think I think Oklahoma State is about a year away from winning these kind of statement games like this, just from a standpoint of just the roster right now. But I don't. I, that's not a knock on the team. I think they're still going to be good. I think they're still going to be fun to watch, and this game is going to be fun to watch. But I just think Houston's the better team in this game, and we'll see how what happens. Obviously, I'm hoping that I'm wrong because I'd love to come on here and talk about a couple of big non-conference wins. But at the end of the day, uh, we'll see how it goes. That and I can't see Kelvin Sampson win again in Stillwater. Like I don't need. That. Oh God, I don't want to see I, that either. I don't need that in my life. No, I I don't need that one either. Um. Yeah, like I said, the weather's looking kind of dicey. I guess we're supposed to get some rain and some sleet on Friday, and then it's going to get cold and snow. So Gross. that might uh, that might dampen the the crowd just a little bit. Now I have to work, so I will be there anyways, and I'm just hoping that I don't slide off the road. So you know, we'll see how it goes. All right, well, I think that wraps this one up. Uh, we had a really good conversation. Philip had a really good uh, rant, and it was just some it was just some good solid podcasting tonight. All right, where can everyone follow you on Twitter, Philip? Uh, you can follow me personally at OKTXAR Poke. That's Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas. Uh, I've got some stuff up on there right now. Uh, nice bowl ranking for Big Well 12 post uh, that I wrote for the uh, Land Grant Outlet. And then you can follow my podcast, the 1012. It's at the number 10, the number 12, the word podcast on Twitter. It's available on SoundCloud and iTunes. All right, you can follow me at JT Penfield and follow my other podcast at Royals Farm Report. Uh, we've got a couple interviews coming up this week, including one with the players. So that was going to be pretty exciting. And then uh, you can also follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. 
Uh, we'll have a, I think we have a preview for the Houston game come up in a couple days, and then we'll have a little bit of bowl coverage, and we'll see how it goes this week. We're we're excited. It's a big week for basketball, and it's not a lot of football. We actually talk very little other than the the rant at the beginning. There was nothing really to preview or talk about for a game. That was kind of weird. Yeah, just get used to it, man. There's plenty. There's always stuff to talk about, but just just get get used to it. As as slowly as football season comes, it leaves just as quick. So you know. Makes uh makes for an interesting time, but you know what? We will see everyone on Sunday for the wrap up of the two basketball games. Have a good one, everybody.